I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Well, here we are on another episode of Exploring the Prophetic, and I love this episode because I'm going to talk to my friend, Michael Lombardo, who's actually part of our Charisma Podcast family. He has a podcast as well called Awaken Podcast, and I want to talk to him about a really amazing redemption story where he actually uh, paid for his girlfriend's abortion at one point and what happened with that when he got saved later on, and then also how God led him to his wife through a vision of his daughter. And he, of course, is an unborn daughter. And that's how he got led into marriage. But I think for anybody who cares about the abortion issue or cares about children or cares about you know people and what God can do when he brings you into his kingdom and his approach of how he, he takes shame off of us and leads us into such a beautiful place of grace and fills us full of hope in areas that we don't feel worthy in. Amazing. So I can't wait to talk to Michael about this. And I, I feel like these are you know the growth conversations when we're trying to grow and hearing from God and also having faith for family members and friends, maybe who aren't even saved yet. These are conversations we want to hear because it gives you so much faith. You're going to get an injection of faith today. One of my favorite questions I get as someone who people tend to see as a prophetic person or a ministry leader is, will you mentor me? And I love this question, and I haven't been able to do much with it for all these years because I've been teaching, writing books, these kinds of things. But the one-on-one is the hardest part. There's just not enough time, especially for the thousands of requests we've gotten. Well, we came up with a solution called the Transiting God Mentoring Platform. And this is a platform where there's five videos a week along with an online coach who's going to answer your questions. And you will have question and answer videos, teaching videos, mentoring other people videos where we're doing mentoring conversations. There's videos from other prophetic ministers and some you'll know really, really well who are sharing prophetic testimonies and stories of what worked for them. You don't want to miss being a part of this community that's growing online because just subscribing monthly, you're going to get all these videos every week into your mailbox. And I know it's going to change your life as you have someone to process your prophetic journey with you and have these mentoring conversations with. Come join us at bowlsministries.com and click on mentoring. You're going to love it. Well, here we are today on Exploring the Prophetic, and I have my new friend, Michael Lombardo. Michael, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so glad we're talking. I was just on your podcast just a minute ago, you know, like just a week ago or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. You're a great host. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. What are you doing with your podcast? Tell us about it. Yeah. And so a few years ago, kind of when the whole Facebook live thing just started jumping off, the Lord spoke to me about doing a split screen kind of podcast. And so I did that for two years and God really uh, opened up some really amazing doors with it, had some friends, family, pastors. God opened up doors for me to have people on that I really love and honor and respect ministries that I've respected and honored for years that are doing incredible things with the Lord. And then I got involved in business uh, pretty deeply when I moved to Dallas and I kind of pulled off the brakes in the podcast. And then Charisma reached out to me and they really wanted to do a fresh push on it. And so, you know, the, the show is called Awaken Podcast and um, it's really based on Ephesians 514. Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Like that's for believers. And so totally, m- my heart is that believers would be awakened to the beauty of Jesus. They would encounter his presence. They would also be equipped to know who they are, the tools they have. 
so they could be empowered to go out and be Jesus in the world. And so it's just to really inspire and challenge people. And I'm grateful to do it. It was awesome having you on as well. Well, I'm glad I was on. I had a good time with you and I'm glad you're here now. And one of the things I love about this podcast is people get to hear people like you. You know, we've had quite a few of our Charisma Podcast family share yeah. stories and things that people don't normally get to hear about you unless they go somewhere in the circumference of where you're maybe speaking about it. And you yeah. have some pretty amazing stories, even in the fact that you and your wife have been missionaries and uh, you guys have, are connected to one of my dear heart families, the Iris family with Heidi Baker and that whole crew. But I mean, you have a Christ for the Nations background. You guys, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Like what, uh, but going into business after all of that, I just, it's a lot of threads we can go after. But one of the threads I want to go after is when God really starts to speak to you in ways that really were profound. One of the things I got to read about in your note, show notes, and we do show notes just to kind of get to know our guests' personal stories some, is a story about how God spoke to you about your daughter and how profound that was before she was born. So can we talk about that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I uh, I met my wife in Mozambique, Africa, serving with Heidi Baker's ministry, kind of like you mentioned. And, um, you know, before that, I was at Christ for the Nations, like you stated. And this was three or four years before I even ever met my wife. And I had a dream one night that I was on the mission field somewhere. I didn't know where, but my wow. daughter was like seven or eight. I knew I was a little girl with me. I knew she was my daughter instinctively. Wow. And she was praying for the sick. She was, oh. you know, prophesying. She was casting out demons. She was just a powerful little girl. And in the dream, I picked her up and I spun her around and we were just laughing. Like I was just like, you know, smiling and rejoicing over my daughter. And I woke up from the dream feeling the tangible presence of God in my room. And um, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you'll have a daughter and her name will be Selah. Wow. Did you just so, right away where you're like, I got to meet this little girl? <laughs> oh, absolutely. My heart was just so full. And I know we'll get into a little more of my background kind of with the abortion and different things like that. But it was almost like restoring so much in me that God would even speak yeah. these things to me. And so and then later on, a few years later, I met my uh, I met my wife in Mozambique at the time. Obviously, we just met her. I was getting to know her. But um, I started to really, really like her. She was, you know, she loved Jesus with everything. She was super down she the earth. Amazing. She definitely loves Jesus to be in Mozambique. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. You're surrounded by so many Jesus lovers for sure over there. Um, well, yeah. and young people, too. You know, and so and then I met her and I was praying. I was like, I remember I said, God, like, if this is the one you have for me, then um, I, I want it. But if she's not the one, you know, if you have someone else out there for me, I, I just die to it. Like, just take it away. And um, that night, that same night, actually, I went to spend some time with her and we did some worship together because we both sing and we kind of connect that way. And I remember sensing the presence of God so strong in our worship. And I just looked at my wife because it was like a pause, like in reflect a moment. And I just said, Selah. And I looked at her. And she said to me, she goes, oh, wow, like one day, you know, I'm gonna have a daughter named Selah. God spoke that to me a few years ago. Oh, my gosh. And I was just shocked. Man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And honestly, I got awkward because <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, in Bible school, you know, you hear all these stories about people like, oh, a guy just, you know, just saying inappropriate things. A girl's like, I had a dream and you're my wife or whatever. Yeah. I just didn't want to go that route. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then, you know, field. people hook up on the mission field as find mates all the time. And there's always the bad stories over people manipulate, like you're saying. But I love this. Sure. So, so she had an actual encounter about Sela, a daughter. I, I want you to continue the story, but I'm just thinking about it like from a single person point of view of like, you rarely hear stories of God bringing people together over visions of their family and their children. I mean, how cool yeah. is that? So keep going. No, absolutely. And so, um, you know, me and my wife, we wound up, you know, really feeling a lot of peace about it. There's a lot of 
stories there, but we're in Mozambique and um, she comes back as a staff member actually. And we wind up dating there in Mozambique and Heidi gives me a ring actually to propose to my wife. <laughs> and um, she's so funny too. Cause she was, I was in her hut, you know, Heidi's at a beautiful house off the water in Mozambique and she dumps out all these rings in front of me. She's got bags of rings oh, I guess, yeah. from her journeys. And she goes, just choose one. Jesus will tell you, Jesus will highlight the right ring. You know, Heidi's you know, worship in the background. She's skipping around full of joy, you know? And so I find the perfect ring. I propose anyway on even in our engagement. And after we got married, people kept prophesying about this, you know, beautiful little girl that we'd have. Like I would I get, I get stopped in church and people would say, Oh, the girls come in first. And we're like, what in the world? God keeps highlighting this girl. And, and then one day after we got married, my wife was wearing Heidi's ring in a church service. And this lady got these prophetic eyes you know, people like, you know, they're reading your mail. She starts, <laughs> she starts looking at us and she says, you'll have a girl and that ring is significant. You're going to pass that on to your daughter. She's going to have a heart for ministry. Uh-huh. And this is before we ever, you know, even, you know, got pregnant or anything. And my wife and I wound up in Cambodia a year later and she got pregnant and, wow. you know, we're in Cambodia. She gets pregnant in Cambodia with Irish Global over there in Phnom Penh. And we're at the uh, doctor's office and the guy's like, oh, do you want to know the gender? We're like, sure. But the guy's got very broken English. Right. So he's just like, "Ooh, ooh, boy, boy. And we're oh. like, boy, re- really? And he goes, no, 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 girl, 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 girl. I'm like, <laughs> like, we're like okay, well, maybe we should check when we get back to America. It's only two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like awesome for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have a beautiful little girl, Sela Gloria Lombardo. Um, her name, you know, pause, ponder, reflect. Gloria is her middle name, the glory of God, the pause, ponder and reflect on the glory of God. She's four. She's turning five in December. So even the dream that you had is upcoming still. It's a couple of years away. Which is is upcoming. I just think, you know, like as someone who I I got married later and we ended up having two kids and we actually had a bunch of people who just good intentions and prophesied we were going to have boys right away. And we actually have two girls and that's all we're having. It's just (laughs) really funny. You know, it happens, but it wasn't like a heart thing for me. Like I didn't need to hear. Sure. I could feel it didn't register when it came, but yeah. I felt personally from the Lord about them. Like I didn't care about what gender they were going to be. I just wanted my kids, you know, I felt personally a lot of things about them and it really does set your affection and you being present in your family. When you hear words about your kids, like where I was so intrigued by them that when I was traveling a lot, I don't travel. I mean, obviously none of us travel very much now, but I don't travel and do like events and conferences anymore uh, very much. But and I won't in the future either. But part of that's because I saw so many things in my spirit towards them that I need to be present mm. for. Yeah. And I can't, and I'm out of joy, not out of like responsibility, out of joy. Like I need to be with you. I need to be there when the uh, creativity unlocks and when the poetry unlocks, like I need to be a part of your, that process. And it's so different when you have those, when you're praying for your kids. Like the other day I prayed for my little daughter, Hartley who's five. We were just doing her Sunday school class on Sunday. It was online virtually. And the teacher said, ask God something about you that he loves about you. So we did that and she didn't get anything. And she was kind of, she's the one who doesn't hear, you know, as much when we have these activations and she never gets discouraged, but this particular time she's like, I don't know. I don't, I didn't hear anything. And I said, well, let's pray for her, you guys. And let's see what we get. So Sheree and Harper and I prayed for, and I go, I just see like the sun rising on your creativity. I think you're going to be really creative in this season. And she's like, okay. And then the next three days without thinking about the word, she did three of the most amazing art pieces she's ever done where she was doing it without us even knowing. Like she wandered off on her own and one was a painting. She'd never painted by herself. I was actually two paintings. And, and we watched that happen. And there's that thing of stewardship when you hear God that just creates momentum. And so part of us is like, we have this family momentum that we know that that's our season right now. 
And yeah. I love how the prophetic does that. But I do want to take you back. And I want to take you back because part of the beauty of your story is because there was an abortion. Yeah. And there was some shame linked to that. Tell us that story and how Selah in particular was a real redemption for that. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't, my wife got saved at 12. I got saved at 19 and I it was sex, drugs, rock and roll for me. You know, I just want, I was a hedonist. I just wanted, I was a pleasure seeker. It was just a, get me, you know, I want to get high. I wanted to party. I was, you know, just chasing girls. And so I encountered God at 19 years old dramatically in my room as wow. I really just made a mess out of my life. You know, there was, you know, sin was fun for a season, but the wages of sin is death. And so yeah. Yeah. I, uh, just depression and just, it wasn't bringing me happiness like it was when I was a teenager and a lot of broken circumstances. And so I cried out to God in my room and I just, with an honest heart, like God, if you're real, like I, I need you if you're real, like people say you are. And, um, the presence of God just filled my room, the glory of God and um, I felt his love and he embraced me and um, I've just fell in love and all I've wanted is Jesus since then. And then that became, you know, it's, it started a restorative journey for me mm. where, you know, there was, you know, drug addiction fell off of me right away. Haven't craved wow. a drug or touched a drug since. And I was doing drugs every day. So that wow. was supernatural, like instant deliverance from drug addiction. But um, when it came to other things in my life, it took a little bit more time. And I remember I, I love Jesus. I love spending time in the presence of God, but I didn't like church. Um, just, I guess I grew up in it and I went yeah. to Catholic school and church oh, was kind of whatever for me. But my sister said to me, she goes, Michael, just come to church with me. Just please. She begged me. And I remember saying like, let me get back to you. And I prayed, I said, God, I kind of gave him an ultimatum, you know, a little bit in my, in my immaturity. I was just like, God, if you, I'll go to church. And if you take one piece of baggage that I'm carrying off my back, then I'll, I'll go to church forever. You know what I mean? Wow. One of those kind of like ultimatums and God honored it, you know? He saw my heart, but I went to church and the church I go to is very supernatural in New Jersey. And they, uh, you know, the pastor would prophesy and operates in, you know, in words of knowledge during altar ministry and um, two hour service. I remember thinking like God didn't speak to me. I was a little bit, a little yeah. bit like a, like a kid, like, thanks God. Like you didn't really talk to me or do anything, you know, in this church service. So I went to the bathroom and it's a mega church, right? And so you hear the pastor talking and the speakers in the bathroom and it's during the altar ministry. And the pastor says, if there's anybody in here who had an abortion or paid for an abortion, you know, um, God wants to heal you right now. And I remember being like, what in the, I knew it was me. So I jumped out of the bathroom. I ran to the double doors, but there's like 18 doors to get into the sanctuary. I didn't realize like only the middle doors were open at this time. And so I was like trying to get into the doors and I couldn't. So I went into the, to the bathroom. I got into a stall, you know, God meets you in the most unusual yeah. places sometimes, yeah. but I'm in a stall and I remember just opening up my heart and, um, and just like saying, God, you know, I, uh, you know, I just, I didn't even know what I said, but I just remember the healing love of God pouring into my heart, wiping away all shame because, you know, before I got saved, I got into a relationship where the girl said, I'm going to have an abortion. I know it's your child and I need you to pay for it. And that's exactly what I did. And, yeah. you know, I carried that into my walk with the Lord, just shame. It was just a piece of baggage that was on my back. And I didn't even realize it was there. I was just, you know, under a dark cloud for a lot of my days, kind of up and down. And when God touched me in that way, in the bathroom stall, through that prophetic word, through that, you know, decree and that word of knowledge, I just felt the just the water of God's presence just washing over my heart, cleaning my heart. Wow. And I remember I left that I left that moment and that encounter feeling free, feeling like, wow, like just a, like a load was lifted 
off of me. And, you know, I love kids so much. Like I'm the youngest of four. And for me, like being a dad is always something I look forward to. I was a guy that was begging my mom to have another kid, but she was like (laughs) in her, in her forties and not having another kid, you know? And so my mom would always have to tell me no. And so I just love children. And so it really killed me that, um, you know, that, that, that happened. And I'm not going to, you know, abortions murder. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, um, just soften it up. Like I, you know, it's, it's wrong. And I was irresponsible and I just didn't know as an unbeliever, I just didn't know how to handle it besides that. Well, and I think one of the things I, I really love about your story in this is that God let you have a very personal experience to this baby so that it was a, it was a real child. It wasn't just a number or just something you yeah. did, but he yeah. gave you not only restoration or redemption where he takes off shame. And a lot of guys don't talk about that who paid for abortions or who've been a part of abortion. They don't, guys don't usually have a voice in this at all because it's always about mm-hmm. the women's body and the women's issue. And so a lot of guys are walking around with shame and they don't realize like there's absolute forgiveness that God comes in and he can wipe just like you can wipe it away. But what was the personal part of this? You know, it's, um, it's kind of a threefold story. That was the first part. And just over time, God's, um, really just done a lot of healing and restoration, but I was in church during father's day and, um, the pastor said, all the fathers get up and I'm not going to get up because I'm not a dad. Right. And I wasn't even really thinking about it. And then uh, the Holy Spirit whispered to me as all the fathers were standing up and everyone was clapping for the fathers on Father's Day. Holy Spirit whispered to me and he said, happy Father's Day. Oh. And um, I remember just like, God, like, why are you this good? Like, you already forgave me. You don't need to encourage me. And you yeah. don't need to you don't need to do all this. Like at that point, I realized I've got a child in heaven. I've got a child oh. in heaven that is waiting for me that I will be united with one day. And, um, fast forward years later in Mozambique, I'm really learning to like encounter God in a deeper way through, you know, soaking prayer. And, and I remember one night I was by myself, everyone was sleeping and I was in a hammock and I just had some worship music in my ears and I was just quiet and I was, you know, just with the Lord. And I had a visionary experience where I was in heaven. I was in heaven and the Lord Jesus walked up to me and he had like a smile on his face and I didn't know what he was holding something. I don't know what he was holding, but he was holding a child. Um, Mm -hmm. and he, he said, this is your son and his name is Steven. And, um, I remember just breaking down just like, wow, like God allowed me to have such a beautiful moment and a special experience through this vision where I was able to meet my son. You know, and I was able to like get that closure, just like the goodness of God. You know, he's such a father. He's such a husband like that. He would do these things for us, restore us through and through. He doesn't just forgive us, but he restores us. And he doesn't just restore where we were, but he gives us more than we could ever imagine. And then years later, honestly, my wife had a visionary encounter, um, you know, when we were in Cambodia where she felt like she saw a little boy. And this is before we even had Selah, but we knew, you know, wow. we had the prophetic words about Selah and everything. You know, we had the words, but we didn't have the baby. You know, she she wasn't here yet. But, my, you know, during this, you know, kind of like soaking session, she felt like she saw a little boy. She saw a little boy in heaven and he was like excited, like he wanted to tell my wife something. And she knew it was Stephen. And we actually found out weeks later that we were going to have Selah, that my wife was pregnant wow. with Selah at that time. And, oh, and my buddy. wife... This is overwhelmed by that. I'm overwhelmed by that. I'm just like, I just think, you know, I had a brother who passed away before I was born. He was about four years old and he died of leukemia. And so our family had a hole because they obviously my parents weren't choosing that. They weren't choosing an abortion. It it happened. And so, but I never met him, but I could feel my life was missing him. 
so to speak. So could my sister, Jennifer, who was born after him. And my oldest sister, Cindy, had a really special relationship because she was older than him uh, with him. And so there was always this hole in our family, even though God healed us and whatever, you could feel yeah. the, the presence of someone who was lacking on the earth. And I just feel like sometimes when I think about abortion and I think about these children in heaven, like these babies in heaven, I feel like, you know, it says in Hebrews 12, verse one or 11, verse one, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And it's not like witnesses, like they're just watching us. It's people who are energizing or cheerleaders, giving you energy from heaven, not like new age, energy, <laughs> but like sure. cheering you on so that you'll really run the race that you're, you know, that, that you're made worthy for. And I just think of like, you know, these ones that we can feel their presence is missing on the earth, but they're still in heaven, fully present. And it's yeah. just so special. And I think a lot of people, when they think of these subjects, they don't, they don't think of these very real human beings who were meant to be part of our lives and live out a whole life that would affect our world and the world around us. And there's a gap, like there's a homesickness in me for some of that uh, and some of the yeah. relationships I've had. And I feel like it's so beautiful when the redemption comes because not only is your calling as a family, you know, brings Jesus his reward at the end of the age type thing, you know, like your lives make a difference and what you get to do for Jesus affects the whole world. You have a destiny. But your destiny also plays out the destiny of this little boy in heaven who is living vicariously going, my life was cut short, but through you, I'll, I'll still inherit everything I was supposed to. And so I just Absolutely. feel like, you know, around Selah and your family, just, you know, this little boy praying with Jesus up in heaven is probably like, who knows? It's so mysterious. Who knows what that's like? <laughs> I, just, I love your story. I love, and I know this isn't the normal part of the story you always tell, but I just love hearing it because I feel like so many people can relate, especially some men who've never heard this or thought yeah. of it this way, or some women who may have never thought about the real humanity of this issue and how God brings revelation, not only to heal, but to bring perspective so that we can walk differently. And so Absolutely. thank you so much for sharing this podcast has gone so fast, but we have a few minutes. So I wanted to, in the last few minutes, we've been in a transition um, in your life from ministry to some business. I know you still do ministry. But that's a big transition from going to, you know, to ministry school, to, to missions, extreme missions. I mean, Cambodia and Mozambique, <laughs> you guys aren't like doing the easy stuff. You're doing the hard yeah. stuff. And then you yeah. come back to America and you go, you feel God calling you into business. Just talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, yeah, I got saved and I, it was all ministry for me. I just want to tell everyone about Jesus, went through Bible school, started doing missions. I came alive doing missions. I knew it was a, it was a huge part of my calling that I had to do it, you know, in my life. I just came alive on the mission field, saw people saved and saw the paralyzed walk, blind eyes, you know, open, just miracles happen. And, you know, I met my wife on the mission field and then we're doing ministry together. We're in Cambodia. And then we feel like God called us to the States and we were in the States. I was doing itinerant ministry, traveling. I wrote a book called Immersed in His Glory, all about intimacy with God, because mm. at the end of the day, that's our passion. Our yeah. passion is the presence of God, knowing Him, and everything else flows from that place. Just like Heidi says, all fruitfulness flows from intimacy, cool. and that's what and that's what our life's all about. And so I wrote a book, and I went up traveling, and I'm doing the podcast. And honestly, we struggled a lot financially. We had a lot of you know friends and family that were helping us. We lived with you know, our parents for a little while, because it was, we were in New Jersey for a couple of years, very expensive and yeah. God showed up, he showed up and he, you know, in the poverty that we were experiencing, God still enabled us to give and motivated us to give. And we would trust God and, you know, he would, he would come through for us and we had what we needed, but we definitely living under poverty level. And then to, it was refining. God did a lot in our hearts. And then he called us to Dallas and the scripture that God gave me was, um, you know, that we were, we sowed in tears and we're going to reap with shouts of joy. 
in the book of Psalms. And I had no clue what that looked like, but I connected with a friend of mine from Bible school that I did tons of missions with. And he's in the roofing industry here in Dallas. And I came and it's for the first time in my life. I always believed that God anointed people for business. I just didn't think I was the guy for that. And like Will Hart prophesied over me business. And I just thought he missed it. Honestly, I'm like this guy, you you, got to miss it sometimes. Right. And so And so I got involved in it and I began to every day when I was out there working, connecting with people, I sensed the tangible presence of God. I saw his favor. I saw, you know, promotion was coming quickly to me. I was able to buy a house in nine months, pay off debt, buy a new vehicle. We're able to give and be more generous than ever before. And I began to realize this is a part of my life. This is a part of my destiny. And now we're able to like fund a lot of the ministry stuff that we do in this podcast and you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm just seeing in my life and I've, I haven't arrived yet, but we're seeing how ministry and business is married for us and that we're forever going to be doing both. And I just love how God blesses his people with prosperity and avenues. So we could really, you know, resource the kingdom of heaven to really fulfill the great commission. And I think you're a prototype of what God's doing with a lot of ministries around the world, which is saying, Hey, Paul had a tent making business and it wasn't his second class citizen assignment. Yeah. It was actually part of what made him relevant to be able to speak into, you know, culture and society and the marketplace and other places because he was trusted as a citizen, a Roman citizen who actually contributed value in a citizenship, not just spiritual value. And I feel like a lot of times the church has been so separate from, you know, the real world. There's a bubble and then there's the real world. And I feel like God is commissioning people all over the place like you guys who, I mean, you had to be brave to go to the missions you were in, but you have to be brave to believe in God that he's going to bring resources like you're yeah. living now. And so I think it's so that same radical I just needed for both because you're not just doing marketplace like let's do normal. You're doing marketplace with Jesus, which requires faith. Uh, and I because we're trying to get a different result. And I just so respect that. And we so believe in that. Well, how do people get a hold of you? How do they get your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. They can go to Charisma um, Podcast Network dot com and look up Awaken Podcast. They can go on Apple Podcasts and look up Awakened Podcasts with Michael Lombardo, Spotify, all that. They can go to Amazon. They get a hold of my book, Immersed in His Glory. They can go to our website, you know, lifepouredoutintl.org to connect with us. You can look up Michael Lombardo on social media. And so, yeah, those are the avenues they can get a hold. And I, yeah, and I, I, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, man. You're a blessing. Your no, ministry has impacted us. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, I'm, I'm impacted by your story today. I'm really, I'm so touched by, you know, and thanks for having me on your podcast as well. And hopefully we'll talk to each other again soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Sean. Look forward to it. Well, thanks for listening today. And I know you enjoyed Michael. Please get in touch with him and listen to his podcast. We have some exciting news. We have a new online platform called Bowles Ministries Online Platform. It includes all of our content for one low price. This is all of our e-courses, which is Keyzone's Economy, Prophetic 101, Modern Profits, Living and Thriving Marriage, God's Secrets. But here's where it gets really interactive. We have a Translating God mentoring platform with new content every week. So weekly teaching videos and group and individual mentoring videos and guest contributors from around the world, weekly prophetic testimonies, weekly Q&A. You're going to love this. This is an interactive platform that invites you to exclusive content from me and guests. There's also an opportunity for you to submit your dreams to interpret. You guys are going to love this. And this is all one low price of $14 a month. And I want you are exploring the prophetic family to join. Come be a part of this. It's going to change your life. And I know we're going to enjoy having you. So come visit BowlesMinistries.com. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. 
I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlesministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles. 